Because if we had the attention span of goldfish, the word binge would not exist, right? If we didn't have that attention span. But what we, when we see something like, oh, this guy's going to waste my time or she's all over the place, we eject. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky, here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, guys. Welcome. Today, we are going to discuss more about creating future business, how you can use AI, how you can create brand awareness with podcasting and many different insights. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Dave Jackson. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, happy to be here. Oh, big pleasure. I want to learn more about that. I work a lot with my customers project. I have my own business. I develop AI tools, uh, a big company in Ukraine, uh, in the US. We cover clients globally. So excited to learn more how to grow, how to go ahead. Dave, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yeah, I've been podcasting since 2005. That's when I launched the School of Podcasting, which is a, a website that teaches people how to plan, launch, and, and grow their podcast, and if they want to, monetize uh, as well. And I currently am the head of um, Podcaster Education at Libsyn, which is one of the oldest and largest podcast hosting companies. So I got that job from having my podcast. So it's a great resume builder as well as a great way to uh, communicate with the world. Oh, nice, nice. I love podcasting format. It's not only because I have my podcast, because I can learn. I love this format more than any other formats. Because uh, Sometimes when you watch the screen, your eyes are tired and uh, to listen different formats, especially podcasting, great conversations, interviews, various formats. I love it. Uh, Dave, you mentioned about monetization. Can you tell where to start monetization? Because I see issues when companies monetize from the first episode. Is it a good idea? Well, yeah. The the first thing that we say is is you need an audience. You you cannot monetize. You know, dust. It just doesn't work that way. And so many people. I usually say the the kind of steps for a successful podcast is to plan. So that's where you're figuring out why am I doing this? Who is it for? And what am I going to, what am I going to talk about that's going to keep them entertained while moving them towards my why? So that's the plan. Then you launch and you're on all the different platforms. And then there's the third phase. And this is the one that everybody wants to skip and that's grow. And that's where you slowly over time via social media, via appearing on other shows, via in some cases, paid advertising, whatever you got to do, you got to grow that audience, ask your audience to, to share the show with their friends, and then you can monetize. And a lot of times people skip the plan. They just launch, they skip the grow and go right to monetize. So you've got a, a show that's not really hitting uh, the right places with your audience and you're trying to monetize it without, not, without uh, you know, people listening. So um, that's one of the first things. Then the, the thing it gets me is most people think that ads are the best way to monetize your show. And I guess we get that from, from radio and I get that, but really the most profitable thing to do is to have your own product or service and then be the sponsor of that show. So I do a, a show called the school of podcasting and my sponsor is me. And I ask you to join my membership site. So there's, there's, you know, your own stuff, then affiliate marketing in some cases can really 
be handy if you have the right product with the, the right audience. So that's basically selling somebody else's stuff, but you get a commission of that. Then you get into things like crowdfunding. I've seen some people, so Patreon, Supercast, uh, Hello Audio, there's a bunch of those out there. And I've seen some people that are really, really doing well with that. But again, you have to have the audience. And then we get into ads and there's host red ads, which pay somewhere around 20 to $25 per 1000 listeners. And then you get into programmatic ads, which pay much, much less than that. Uh, but you don't have to have as many downloads. And then you get into donations and then free stuff. I've gotten free stuff. I got a pair of headphones behind me right now that somebody just sent me. So those are all the different ways that you can monetize your show. In addition to just opportunities. Like I said, I now work for Libsyn that came about because of my podcast, but in some cases it's, it's speaking gigs. I'll be asked to go speak someplace and that uh, opportunity leads to more relationships with people and those relationships lead to more opportunities and it just kind of snowballs. And in between there, you get some things that actually help you monetize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. I think, yeah, it's a bad idea to monetize from the first attempt. But when you have the audience, when you bring value, your audience can feed with great insights. So yeah, you can go ahead. And Dave, can you tell how to build this audience? Uh, what to do? Because uh, I see different approaches. It's not like one way how to build audience. Uh, tell uh, for companies that started from scratch how to build the audience. Yeah, what I have seen works great for businesses is when you take all those questions that you get asked all the time you know those kind of like oh my gosh if i have to answer that one more time kind of question and what you can do is is put those out as an episode and then when somebody sends you that email that you're going to get like for mine it's like what's the best microphone under 100 bucks i answer that multiple times a week and so i have an episode that i point people to and i'll say oh i really like the audio technica atr 2100 or the Samson Q2U. I talk more about this in this episode of this podcast. So they go over and they get their answer with, you know, in the episode, but they also see a bunch of other really kind of 101 questions. And so what happens is they listen to those episodes and then when they come back, now they're really ready to start taking action. All those little hand-holding kind of questions you've already addressed with your podcast. And so it's not the end of cold calling uh, but it definitely what happens is you end up with what much warmer leads of people because they kind of feel like they know you. I, I always say, with, especially for a business, if you can pick a schedule that, that works for you, then you can stay consistent. Then if you can make a point, whatever you're trying to talk about in the episode with a personal story, they kind of get to know you a little bit. And then because you're delivering valuable content that they go, oh, I'm going to go try that. Well, now they like you. And so now I've got the whole no like and trust. So when you say, oh, by the way, we've got a new course, we've got a new book, we've got a new product for you, your audience is much more likely to be interested in that and hopefully buy it. Yeah, love it, love it, valuable. Dave, uh, let's talk about uh, finding the right format. Um, I see when companies uh, start podcasting for the sake of having it. Uh, it's not like uh, you mentioned about the plan. You need to have the plan. Uh, you need to be consistent. You mentioned about that. I think it's important to be consistent. And uh, But I see when um, companies give up. Um, and according to data, uh, most new podcasters give up 
before eight episodes because they they can't get results from <laughs> first episodes i don't know how to do it you know i recorded 600 episodes to uh to acquire experience to go ahead to know uh how to uh, improve results in my company tell insights uh how to be patient with consistency and find the right format yeah there are a couple things when it comes to format you have to figure out why am i doing this so if the goal is to position yourself as a thought leader in your space well then maybe you do a weekly show but you do a deep dive into a topic to really show off hey i know what i'm talking about that might be one strategy another strategy i remember a podcast i listened to years ago and what's funny is i don't remember the name of the podcast i just remember the name of the sponsor because they were doing that thing where they were the sponsor of their own show and so at the end of every show it was some sort of health fitness thing it was like three minutes and it was every day it was just a quick little tip on how to be more healthy and they ended they said this podcast is brought to you by the association of christian athletes so i don't remember the podcast but i remember the brand and that's exactly what they were trying to do just these daily tips to keep your brand in front of people so that's something that you know you have to figure out okay what is the goal of this and so those are two strategies and then if i'm a solopreneur and i have my own small business people always go well do i do a solo show or a an interview show and i say why are you limiting yourself do both because when you do a solo show and you're talking to just that one person none of this hey guys no no just talk to one person thank you so much i'm so glad you're here just makes it a little more intimate and just have a little story about this one time i tried this and this is what i learned or i saw this in the news today and i wanted to talk about it you're just talking to that invisible person across the desk and that will grow your influence but then when you do interviews now you're growing your network and so you're ha bringing other people on and especially if it's a a business podcast i want to bring on people who either a should be my customer or b know people who should be my customer and then bring them in that way. Uh, and those are really two decent, you know, we can get into if you have a co-host. I remember the uh, the right, like the note taping app, uh, Evernote. I think a lot of people know that. And they had a podcast for a while. They had the marketing guy. They had the CEO would occasionally come in and answer questions. And I forget who else, maybe uh, the head of software development would come in and they would field questions from their customers. And they even had a segment once where, tell us how you're using our product. And so somebody would send in either an email or a voicemail, like, hey, I've never thought of this, but I'm doing this with Evernote. And it, what was really interesting about that is it didn't sound like a commercial, but it was a commercial because the audience was like, oh, I've never thought of using it like that. And now they found another reason to use that product, which made it more brand loyalty to that. So there's, there's that. And then uh, I had a friend of mine uh, Gary Leland had a sporting goods store. So what he did, the same concept. He was like, okay, my audience wants to, you know, the people I'm trying to attract are sports people. So he found a sport. In this case, it was women's fast pitch softball. And they weren't really getting much, you know, media attention anywhere. So he put the spotlight on them and did a podcast about women's fast pitch softball. Ended up being invited to the Olympics where it was an Olympic sport. But he had a sporting goods store and he would actually create a coupon and it was never in print. It was just in the show. And he was amazed at how many people use that coupon. So he, again, 
figured out who am I trying to attract. Let's make a show that's going to attract that audience. And then I'm the sponsor of my own show. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. You, you mentioned many times about the audience. I think it's better to learn the audience before recording any podcast to satisfy your audience with great valuable insights and tell more about uh, sharing value than to sell because uh, if we sell I think the audience will not listen to any episode but we need to submit call to action I mean like uh, to share value and tell okay uh, you learn some topic and I can help you with this product that can will decide your problem so like to uh, submit this uh, bottom funnel tell more about that yeah there there are two things number one you have to before you launch I was and nobody does this and this is why a lot of people are frustrated and why they quit before they get to episode eight you need to get a little extra skin get some people together who are people who should be listening to your podcast and let them listen to an episode and then ask them, did you listen to the whole thing? And if they didn't, that's okay. How far did you listen? Maybe what was your main takeaway? And then the big one is, how likely are you to share this with a friend? Because in the end, if you get uh, on a scale from 1 to 10, here's a, a 6. Okay, you're, you're better than halfway there, but we're looking for 9s and 10s. You know, maybe a 7 and an 8, but anything below an 8, you better go back and, and think about this. And so when it comes to selling, what I usually tell people, I had a friend of mine, and I'm guilty of this myself, we get a little, especially for promoting ourselves, we get a little um, cautious, or, or we just feel weird when we start promoting our own stuff. And so she'd been doing a podcast for about six months, and I'd known her about that long. And I said, how's the podcast going? She's like, oh, it's great. My numbers are going up. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And she goes, well, she goes, but I'm not getting any speaking gigs. And I said, wait, you do speaking gigs? I've known you for a little bit. I, I didn't know you do speaking gigs. And she said, yeah, I, I was actually speaking to a bunch of high school kids last weekend. And I said, well, I never hear you do any kind of call to action. And she goes, well, I, I feel kind of salesy. And I said, you don't have to do a, a big over-the-top commercial. You could just simply say, I was talking to some high school kids this past weekend, and this one young man came up to me and asked me a question, and I thought, That'd be a good you know, topic for the podcast. There you go. You just let your audience know that you do speaking to high school kids. So that's, that's one thing you can kind of do or just you'll hear me occasionally on my show. I'll say I was working with a client and we were working on this and this is how we solved it. Well, now my audience knows I do. I do coaching. The other thing I've, I used to do my call to action, I still do a call to action at the very end of the show, but I also do one now in the middle because in the middle... They've already, if it was at the beginning, they might still have their phone in their hand. So they're going to skip that maybe. But in the middle, it's probably the phone's in their pocket. They're listening. They're doing whatever they want to do. So I now do my kind of heavier call to action where I actually, you know, basically it's an ad for the School of Podcasting. It's in the middle. It's short and it's to the point with a call to action. And then I reinforce that call to action at the end of the show. But there are times the minute you start to, hint that the show is over and you start to say thanks so much for they're gone they leave immediately so mm -hmm. that's when i was like wait people aren't even hearing my call to action i need to move this to the middle and then i reinforce it at the end yeah valuable uh, i want to ask about busy people um i can tell i'm so busy many things to do every single day but 
I still have uh, my podcast uh, and I have many clients who have no time like me uh, to film their podcast. Uh, they need to create a lot of other content, blog articles, tools uh, uh, to develop innovative products. So basically they have no time. Can you advise these people what to do, how to start podcast if you have no time? Yeah, there number one, it doesn't have to be so many people think because of Joe Rogan, a podcast has to be three hours long. No, no, it doesn't. I do a, a podcast and most of the episodes are around five minutes. It's just a quick tip, just to remind you I'm here and a quick call to action. So it doesn't have to be super long. Then the other thing you can do is there are a handful, like every time you turn around, there's a new one. There are all sorts of AI tools where you can now upload your finished MP3 file. It will transcribe it. And then AI will kick in. And like you said, it'll come up with titles for you. It'll come up for a newsletter, a blog post, social posts. And so, and they're all decent. There's none of them that are like, oh, that's awful. But because it is a AI, and I always say that's assisted intelligence, uh, you know, you, you need to take a look at that. There are some things you can do. And most of them now have the ability to, they come up with the, everything I just mentioned, but you can then say, like for me, I know the, the subheadings of my blog post. And I'll just say, hey, write an article based on the things I've already chosen. And it'll spit out a blog post based on the transcription. And so while you're, you know, whatever you're doing, finishing up your your um, website or whatever you're doing, it's working in the background. And uh, they're getting better and better. When they first came out, I was kind of like, mm, I'm not really sure. But I've had a few that I look at it. And as I'm reading it, I go, I didn't have to make any edits at all. And what's great about it is it sounds like you wrote it because it's based on your transcript, which was you talking. So unlike other tools that will go out and write articles, this is writing an article based on what you said. So it's not quite as um, likely to come up with something that doesn't make sense because it's solely focused on your transcript. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. I, I love using AI. Um, I even speak with AI more often than with my wife the last time. Um, it's a great tool, but it's important to set up the right prompts and edit. Yeah. yeah, if you do it, then it saves so much time and you can get great results. You mentioned about Joe Rogan. Uh, if you are Joe Rogan, you can invite Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, Mike Tyson, I don't know, name them. Yeah. Almost all celebrities, uh, great entrepreneurs. But if you... Uh, no one. Uh, if you started from scratch, you have no audience, networking. Can you tell how to invite such great people? Okay, not Elon Musk, but uh, macro-influencers, micro-influencers, any tips about that? Yeah, this is where knowing who your audience is really comes into play because you can say, hello, Mr. or Mrs. CEO. I see you've been working in this industry for X amount of years. I have an audience of people that want to learn about this subject. This is who they are. This is what they're trying to accomplish. And I think you'd be a phenomenal guest for my podcast. Now you'll notice I didn't mention how many downloads I have. And there are many times when people go, oh, those are the people I'm trying to reach. And they'll say, sure, send me over a scheduling link. And they will never ask how many downloads you have. And then if somebody says, let's say I had, I don't know, 100 downloads, uh, an episode, which, you know, and I always tell people, they go, well, how many, how many downloads do you get? Don't say, well, right now I've only got a hundred. You could say about the size of a small theater. 
And they're like, oh, okay. And that, so it it gives them a visual picture to see who they're talking to because, you know, even if it was 50 people, you know, a large classroom of people. And these are people that could be listening to radio. They could play, be playing Xbox. They be, could be watching Netflix. There are all these things, and they're choosing to listen to you. So it's an engaged audience because there really isn't any spam in podcasting. So sometimes, A, I've had people that never asked me how big is your audience because you found somebody who really fits your audience and they don't really care. They're like, oh, this is exactly who I'm trying to reach. Uh, I know we talked about sponsors and most sponsors want about 10,000 downloads per episode, which is a lot. In fact, probably less than 10% of podcasters get that kind of downloads. That doesn't mean you can't have sponsors. I had a sponsor who uh, sells uh, interfaces and they, I had their audience. They were looking, trying to get, you know, in front of podcasters. So, uh, you know, you don't always have to have those giant numbers. If you have a niche audience, uh, you can get people to uh, to pay you. Yeah, love it, love it. I had sponsors from IHRS uh, and some other companies, great tools, uh, how it's called, you know, I forget. <laughs> right now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I found that it's better to be sponsored yourself, as you mentioned, <laughs> you know, you yeah. can get much better sales yeah uh, dave uh let's talk about uh how to retain your audience especially in the beginning how to hook them because according to data people bounce fast it doesn't matter what kind of content video blog articles people bounce if they if you can't hook them so tell how to do it <laughs> Yeah, the if you watch any kind of TV or a story or, you know, one of the things about uh, true crime podcasts is everybody want they're trying to figure out, well, what's going to happen next? Are they going to solve the crime or not? So anytime you can kind of give your audience a little bit of the information. I just did an episode. I said, hey, I hate to tell you this, but as podcasting gets more popular, more sharks are coming into the water. And today... I'm going to help you identify how to, you know, uh, figure out who these people are and how to avoid getting bitten. So I didn't tell them what it was. I didn't tell them who it was, but I told them, here's how you're going to benefit from listening to this episode. And so uh, they're, they're those kind of things. And the biggest one is get to the, the meat and potatoes. Uh, I listened to a podcast last week and I'm not sure how long they've been doing a podcast, but they spent eight minutes eight minutes talking about how no one was sending them any money and it wasn't a great first impression. It didn't deliver any value. And then once they got done saying nobody's joining our Patreon, uh, then the guy started to talk to a, another story about something he did with his wife. Well, that again was not the title of the episode. And so whatever you put as the title of the episode, get to that as quickly as possible. If you watch you know, the news, whatever country you're in, they don't start off with our top story tonight. We're all going to die. But first, you know, here's this water skiing squirrel or something. It's no, they get right to that story and don't make people wait. And people think we have a short attention span. That's a, that whole thing about the goldfish that's been repeated so often that people think it's true. It's actually not. That was a footnote of a thing in Microsoft we don't have the attention span of goldfish. What we have is actually the flip side. We have a much better radar 
to detect when someone's going to waste our time. And so, because if we had the attention span of goldfish, the word binge would not exist, right? If we didn't have that attention span. But what we, when we see something like, oh, this guy's going to waste my time or she's all over the place, we eject. And so that's why, like you said, you have to hook them by letting them know, hey, this is what we're going to talk about. I always say at the beginning of your show, uh, welcome to whatever the name of the show is, where we blank so that you can blank. So people know what the show's about. On today's show, we're going to talk about using podcasting in your business. Now the person knows this is what the show's about. Good. That's what I'm interested in. And today we're going to talk about this. Now they know exactly where they're going. And a friend of mine, uh, Eric K. Johnson, is known as the, the podcast talent coach. And he always says, nobody gets on a bus without knowing where it's going. And so at the beginning of the show, when you let them know, hey, this is where we're going, then they're going to stick around unless they don't want to know that subject. And some people are like, well, well, then they're going to tune out. I go, yes, and you save them from wasting their time. And they're going to thank you for that later. Not every episode is going to be for them. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Valuable. Yeah, love it. Love it. Uh, Dave, you mentioned about coaching. And uh, I know it's tough to teach someone, but I always do it uh, if I see that uh, the knowledge is poor, uh, low, no, nothing special. And we usually get good results with customers who understand what we do. If they don't, I usually tell them, take my course, learn on Google, learn on YouTube. It doesn't matter. Just get the basic. When you know the basic, we can go ahead. Tell about your coaching style. I know that people forget fast. For example, if you share valuable insights with me, I can forget for a few hours. Uh, it's uh, our nature. And I check a few studies like people uh, forget 50% in the first hour and the rest 50% in a few days. So, <laughs> so fast. Tell your methods how to stick this data in your uh, customers' minds. <laughs> yeah. What I do is I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching if you're a member of my, my membership site. And I use two tools a lot. One is, and this is a, the actual name of the program, it's called Less Annoying CRM. And where most CRMs are really pipeline focused, and, and this can do that as well, I really just wanted a CRM to take notes about my customers so I could see what they're working on and this and that. So I use that to any kind of Zoom call we have, here's what we're talking about, here's what he or she is working on, et cetera, et cetera. And then the other tool I use is Todoist. And so I can say, hey, uh, remind me in two weeks to follow up with this person because they're you know, doing this or that or follow up in three days or whatever. So um, it just keeps me focused. I can be a little scatterbrained. So I open up the day, I look at Todoist. I'm like, oh, I got to contact these six people and see what they're doing. Because a lot of times, look, we're all busy and we get distracted by things. And so as much as I'm there to coach you, to help you, really maximize your podcast. Sometimes I'm just the annoying guy that's going to poke you to say, hey, you said you're going to start a podcast. What's going on? And so those are two things I do. And it's just a matter of the, the first part of coaching is just to listen. Like, what are you trying to do with this? And then I do my best to steer them towards those answers. We talked about them. Why are you doing this? And who is it for? And the who is it for is really the important one because I always say you should probably kind of niche down a little bit. And some people think they did a great job and they'll say, well, I'm going to do a show for widows. And granted, you just cut out 50% of the population, but there's still a big difference between 
a widow who was 38 years old and lost her husband in a car accident versus a widow that's 95 and lost her husband at 97 to natural causes. So, you know, when you do that episode about, hey, ladies, we're going to talk about getting back out in the field, that's not going to go over with your audience. So the the more defined you have of your audience, the more you can kind of figure out, is this going to resonate or not? Yeah, great. Uh, we touched a little bit about generating text with AI for podcasts, but I want to ask about other formats um, because, yeah, generating texts are great. And, uh, for example, we use AI to write press releases. We got mentions on CNN, Business Insider, Investing.com, many, many great websites about trading, investing, uh, and it works well. Uh, great text if you set up the right prompts, if you uh, collect data. But what about uh, using AI tools for audio or video production? You know, it's interesting. Let me share interesting story uh, from my experience. Uh, I cooperate with one great writer. Uh, he uh, lives in Pakistan, uh, but he posts content on uh, Forbes, Investopedia, great websites. He has extended experience. And uh, I ask him, please film a few videos about uh, your trading style. Um, he did it, but the voice was even worse than mine, you know, <laughs> with this Pakistan pronunciation. Uh, and uh, uh, I uh, ask one more time, please, can you uh, improve your pronunciation because our audience can't consume such content? And he did. When he sent me these files, that was clean American female voice. <laughs> I asked him, what's going on? It's not you. He replied, no, no, it's me, but it's AI voice. <laughs> Can you tell about AI tools that not generating text, but probably something else. Oh, absolutely. Um, you can actually clone your own self. Um, if I, I'll, I'll put this up on the microphone here. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Community Church, this is Dave. And today we will be reading from many scriptures, but I think my favorite is in Philippians 4. It's amazing. Do you know what else is amazing? This isn't really Dave. And today we are. Going so that's, to that's, that's a robo version of me. Mm -hmm. And so the. And that can be kind of scary for people. It is a little weird because I have hundreds, if not thousands of hours of my voice out there. So people could could easily take that and clone me. Uh, what it's And they're doing better at adding voice inflection. So there's doing that. I've seen people take me and turn me into German, um, which is interesting. So it's something that as much as now we might listen to it and go, mm, that's pretty close. That's as bad as it's going to get. It's only going to get better what i think is might happen is people will go out they'll have you know chat gpt write an article then they'll take that article and they'll uh, take that transcript they'll put it into their robot voice and the robot voice will be the podcast and what's kind of missing there are the personal stories like people identify you with you because of your personal stories oh i I remember this one time when my parents did this and I was horrible and I hated it and whatever. Well, you're not going to get those kind of stories where people go, oh, I've been there. I've done that. So it's it's definitely got it's caught my attention because it can definitely be used. I know uh, Mike Russell is the uh, head of Music Radio Creative, and he has a video on YouTube where he simply checks a couple stories in his feed reader. Uh, it basically sends it to chat GPT which sends it to, uh, I think, a Google Doc, 
which then sent it to 11 labs, which is this robo voice tool, which then sent it to his media host. So all he does is make a couple checkboxes and it spits out a podcast on the other side. And that's, you know, here in November of 2023. So by 2024, that's only going to be easier because there were a lot of steps involved with that. And the question was, yeah, that's pretty cool. And it is uh, technology wise, amazing feat. But is the podcast any good? And I asked a friend of mine who's really into AI and he goes, it's all right. He goes, it's all right. He goes, but I would, he goes, I was more impressed by how it was done, but is that my favorite show that I'm going to like jump to the minute it shows up in my phone? So I always say AI is an assistant. It helps me out a lot. There are times when I'll, um, I, I do a local show for the city I'm in and I'll go to the newspaper and I'll copy three paragraphs and I'll be like, summarize this down to a paragraph. I love it for that kind of stuff. And again, you always want to check it to make sure that anything factually in there is right. I, I know a, um, there's a website for a podcast host and they have a blog post about discoverability in podcasting. And it says that back in the, the 1990s, it was really hard to discover podcasts. Well, of course it was. They didn't exist yet. But that article was obviously written and not fact-checked by some sort of AI. So I always say it's it's a great tool. It can really save you time. But you still have to, to fact-check it because they've lost, in my opinion, they've lost their integrity because I'm not going to believe everything they say now because you know, you're throwing me stuff that's, that's wrong. So that's the thing, you know, as much as I love AI and I can see the, the huge benefits of it, you still have to, you're, you're that last 10% that has to go over it to make sure that everything's uh, accurate. Otherwise you'll, you'll blow your integrity. A hundred percent. AI is not ready to replace human beings. Yeah. When Terminators will appeal, we'll see how this world will look like, but right now we, use AI and edit a lot, a lot of editing. I do it. I get great results, much faster results. Yeah. Well, in, uh, in, you mentioned about AI and audio. Um, there are things like Auphonic has been around for years that remove noise. Um, Descript has a tool inside of it called Studio Sound that you can throw horrible sounding audio and it will somehow clean it up. Um, there are a bunch of uh, de-reverb tools that I'm sure behind the scenes are are somehow using some AI. So yeah, it's it's already in audio in terms of cleaning it up. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Dave, let's talk about mistakes. In my life, I made a lot of mistakes, terrible mistakes, slight mistakes, all mistakes. I learn from them. I keep doing them. I don't know how to learn something new without doing mistakes. It's like part of education. Can you list common mistakes that new podcasters still do from your experience and your tips how to avoid them? Yeah, probably the, the biggest one is their expectations again. They're, they're thinking they're going to start a podcast and make money instantly. So realize that it's it's a bit of a marathon, not a, not a sprint. Uh, and then go and look at what other people are doing. And one mistake I see is they'll they'll do a search for whatever their topic is, and there's already 13 shows, and they'll go, ah, I'm not doing it. Forget it. Everybody's like, this is saturated. We'll go in and look at those shows and see when was the last episode put out, because a lot of shows started in 2020 during the pandemic, and when the pandemic went away, so did their podcast. So it looks like there's a saturated market, and there's really not in terms of people that are still putting out content. 
So there's that. And then the other one is uh, just the whole trying to do it for free. Uh, you don't have to spend a gazillion dollars and please don't. But most of the free stuff, you kind of get what you pay for. And just take the time to know the equipment that you have. So if you have a microphone, figure out how to put it near your mouth so you don't have a bunch of weird noises coming out and it's not picking up the kids down the street and things like that. So take the little time once you get involved with your equipment to really understand it. And so you can make yourself sound great. Awesome. Um, I remember someone said to me about the podcast that the biggest mistake or in podcasting, not to start the podcast. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and if the goal is to make money, come up with a, you know, as soon as you can come up with a lead magnet and start that email list. And so many people like to say, oh, please rate and review me. It helps me get found in Apple podcasts. Well, Apple has come out and said, no, it doesn't. Please quit saying that. It is social proof, but it has nothing to do with an algorithm of helping you get found. Now, I have heard where advertisers might look at that and go, oh, this, this person has an engaged audience. Look at all their reviews. And that's true. But I also say if you want to impress an advertiser or a potential advertiser, when you have an email list and you go, oh, I've got 5,000 people on my email list that are now one click away from clicking on that sponsor, they're going to be much more impressed with that than a bunch of reviews from strangers that you can't contact. Yeah, exactly. Emails sell a lot better than any podcast episode. So I remember Brian Dean said about his blog that 99% of his previous blog backlink because he sold this blog to SEMrush uh, came from uh, email list. So uh, he couldn't monetize his blog uh, with a million people who read these articles, but he monetized by collecting emails and send them <laughs> his courses. Yeah, nice. Uh, Dave, um, I want to ask uh, this question for two people. The, uh, the first person, uh, st student who is looking for a way how to learn something that will provide results uh, in the end, I mean, like to become an expert like you. Uh, and the second, uh, business owners who are busy, but they need to learn um, the basic and hire someone who can help with that. So business owner needs to understand how it works, then to hire the right people or experts or consultants, I don't know. So tell, how what will you do today if you started podcasting from scratch? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a bumper sticker answer, but I would say spend 100 hours getting to know who your audience is. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's in Facebook groups, it's in Reddit forums, it's wherever they are, it's in books to see... Like sometimes you can look at a book on your subject and look at the table of contents and see what, you know, what this person thought they needed to write about. Go to YouTube, type in your subject, go to the most popular channel, and then sort their videos by popularity. And that will show you what people are talking about in that particular industry. And then another thing you can do on Amazon is look for a book on your subject, and then look at the four-star and two-star reviews. Because a four-star review would be like, I would have given it five, but they didn't talk about whatever, some other subject. A, a two-star review was, I was going to give this a one-star review. It was pretty awful, but they did talk about this. And so those two-star and four-star reviews will be a little more, um, what's the word, detailed. 
about why they're giving the review where a, a five-star review is just like best book ever one-star reviews this was horrible well that yeah. that's not helpful but two and four will give you a little more description so you get a better idea of what people are looking for and what they're not looking for uh so and then in terms of hiring somebody i always say hire somebody who has a podcast i always think it's kind of interesting when you find people like oh you know, I do podcast editing. I'm like, oh, great. Where can I hear your stuff? They're like, yeah, I just edit. And I get that. But to me, like, if you believe in podcasting, why aren't you using podcasts to grow your editing business? That's kind of interesting. And realize that if I, I know uh, I had one client of mine, she was spending $500 an episode to edit the podcast and have it go out on like regular kind of streaming radio on the internet. And I said, you do know you can you can do that yourself, everything you're doing. And so she hired me. I'm going to say she spends maybe a hundred dollars a month. Cause all I do is level out her sound. I don't really do the traditional edit. So that's one thing, but most people, if you want somebody to remove the ums and edit out the audio and make it sound good and do your show notes and upload it to you, like, I just want to talk and you take it. You're probably looking at $200 us per episode. And that can get costly. That's $800 a month if you're doing a weekly show. But when you compare it to advertising on the radio or in magazines or the newspaper, things like that, uh, it, it's probably around the same, if not cheaper, than those mediums. Uh, the guy with the, I mentioned earlier that he had the sporting goods store, he used to spend $10,000 a year on Google AdWords. And by the end of his podcast, he just quit doing it because the podcast was generating enough uh, you know, referrals and leads that he didn't need to do that anymore. Yeah, awesome. Um, I think if some channels work, you need to keep doing them, uh, but you can extend with other channels. So if Google Ads work, why to skip it? But if you can get a lot more sales with podcasting, yeah, dive, <laughs> dive into that. Um, and Dev, I have my final question about the future. Uh, Apple is going to launch augmented reality. We have AI today, chatbots, uh, and yeah, technologies are growing fast. Many things are coming. We need to adapt. Uh, what do you think about the future? What kind of future will be in podcasting industry? Because I remember even, yeah, I was in time when radio was uh, in my radar, but today I don't listen to radio. I can listen to podcasts, audiobooks. So your insights about the future. Yeah, I remember when I hear virtual reality, that's not really new. It looks much better, but uh, probably 2010-ish, there was a thing called Second City. I remember it being on the cover of like a really big magazine. It was like, this is the new thing. And it's cool. I think it's still around, but it's not, you know, in the end, it wasn't as cool as we all thought it was. And we all, a little bit like, uh, oh, I forget the one audio thing that everybody was on for a while. And it was like uh, Clubhouse. Everybody's, oh, Clubhouse, yeah. you know, they come, they go. Uh, one of the things that I, I have a shirt on right now, says Podcasting 2.0. And one of the things that's coming on now is you can set up your podcast to receive small amounts of Bitcoin. Uh, there's There are apps at newpodcastapps.com. You basically set up a wallet, you put some money in it, and then the listener dictates how much value how much value should i send this podcast and because for some people 5 bucks is nothing 
And then other people are like, mm, I don't know, I need gas money. So where other people are like, wait, here's here's 50 bucks, take it. You let them decide how much value they give you. So it's been around for a couple of years. There's probably 15,000 podcasts now that are enabled to receive that. It takes maybe, I don't know, 10 minutes to set that up. And, you know, you just have to ask your audience, hey, you know, if you're using one of these old apps, why not try out Castomatic or Fountain or, you know, Podcast Guru, and they can then send you streaming. The, the, a small amount of Bitcoin is called a Satoshi. In the same way in the U.S., we have a dollar and the smallest amount are called pennies. You have this small amount of a Bitcoin called a Satoshi. And it's it's still, you know, a little bleeding edge. So it's a little ahead of its time. But you know, I set it up and I've probably made 90 US dollars in, I don't know, probably eight months, something like that. And I'm not going to retire on that, but it's $90 I didn't have before. And sometimes you'll have people like, that was a really good episode. And they'll send you, you know, 10,000 Satoshis. And you're like, then you have to do the conversion. Like, oh, that's that's $7.60. So I'm like, okay, but it's still <laughs> better than nothing. But that is something that if it really continues to take off, and I know... You can now, I think Bitcoin is a little involved with PayPal and the Cash App. And so more and more apps are getting involved to where it's making it easier to take your money from your bank and convert it to Bitcoin, which you can then send to uh, podcasters. So that's something that's coming down the pike that's that's caught my attention. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Valuable. Interesting. I'm excited about the future. Uh, YouTube can allow content creators to earn money. Uh, I Twitter is going to do it as well. So I think uh, why not if you can earn like this money? Yes. Not big money, but uh, well, it depends. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's it's a little bit from affiliate marketing, a little bit from, you yeah. know, here and a little there and a little there. And all of a sudden you go, hey, that's starting to add up. So, yeah, it's usually not what's the one strategy I'm going to use. Almost everybody does a little of this, a little of that. They do this, a couple donations, you know, and then it all comes into one pot. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. Dave, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. I love it. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, if you want to follow the show on your favorite podcast app, just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash follow and you can click there. Uh, that has all my episodes. I've got uh, 905, I think, now of that show. And everything else is just out at schoolofpodcasting.com. I got my newsletter. I've got my courses. Everything else is there at schoolofpodcasting.com. Awesome, awesome. Guys, you can find the link in the description below. I recommend to anyone to subscribe to Dave Jackson podcast because you can get a lot more valuable insights. It's tough to share everything in one podcast episode. So when you subscribe, you can get a lot more. Okay, guys, love you. See you. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show? Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.